Okay, good good talk, Shvuatov, everybody. We are the Nun Zayin Omid Base. We are six lines from the bottom. The Mishnah said, if my behemoth is walking along and my property is, let's say, raised from the other person's property, and my behemoth falls down into the other person's property, that's called an onus. It's not normal. I did a proper watching, but it fell down into the neighboring's property. And what happened was it damaged the neighboring's property. So let us use an example. The neighbor had beautiful passion fruit growing over there. And the behemoth landed over there. And now it caused a whole bunch of these passion fruit to get squashed and damaged. In addition to that, the behemoth ate also. So since I'm a oinus, because the behemoth falling off was an unexpected occurrence, and therefore I'm oinus on it, therefore I'm putter from the mazik. Because if I did my normal watching that I'm supposed to do, and the behemoth fell, I'm putter of the mazik. But the Mishnah said, you're right, you're putter of a mazik, but you are chayef to pay at least the pleasure you had out of it. You would have had to have given your behemoth dinner tonight, Yes, not Wagyu beef, as we learned, but you have to give him at least barley, or maybe as most people, straw and hay, you would have given him. By him eating my passion fruit, your passion fruit now, I saved money. So I have to pay Mashanehenis what it enjoyed, not what it caused damage. Let's say damage, it cost $1,000, but I know I had was $10, I got to pay at least the $10. Now, there's two elements of Anor that come potentially into play. Shaba, was that by me or by you? Okay, and so so there's two potential damages over here. I know that comes into play. One I know is what my behavior eats while it fell into your field, Michael. But the second thing is, had he not had the passion fruit to to protect him. As a crumple zone, you know, today when they make cars, mechel devices from these things, they create a crumple zone. So had they not had a crumple zone to protect, the behemoth would have got hurt. So there's a Hanoah that I have because my behemoth didn't get hurt. It's see, it's only 6.30 at night. Don't already go to sleep. It's sick. So there's a Hanoah with that that I have. Omar Rav. So Rav says, you know what we have to pay? Benechbeto. The behemoth got cushioned from a blow and didn't get hurt. That Hanoah that I have from him not getting hurt, I have to pay. I will ochlo, but if my behemoth ate in Michael's field, I feel a Even what it ate that it saved me having to pay for his supper, I don't have to pay for that. Zakimara, why would I say that? We learned previously about Rab, the concept of What was that concept, Joey? You remember the concept? If I went into Michael's property with my Paris and Michael didn't give me Rishus, and then the behemoth came and the behemoth, Michael and Beckel's behemoth came and ate my Paris and it ate so much of my fruit that it got sick and it died. Does am I responsible to pay Michael for the loss of his behemoth? I should. I went in there with my fruit without his Rishus. So Rav says, you're not responsible if he ate. If he slipped on my fruit, yes, Michael can ask for the money. But if he ate, who asked the behemoth to eat? Very good, Aaron went in, but who asked you to eat? Your behemoth ate, it's on you. Nobody forced him to eat. He ate, it's on you, and therefore Aaron doesn't have to pay. So the Gemara thought, just like Rav said over there, there's a concept of and therefore he gets off the hook. Over here also, what can I say? The last two lines of Rashi, nami, the last two lines of the Omer Bala Behemet, the I, the owner of the Behemet that fell into Michael's property, I say, by the falling down of the Behemet, we know I was a Oynes. Sharei Nafla, it fell. And the fact that my Behemet ate Michael's Tvua, what can I do? It should have eaten. What can I do? Nobody asked my behemoth to eat. And if my behemoth ate, I'm off the hook from the eating. So I'm only responsible for the saving the bang, but not for what it ate. Now, if you listen to that, Itzi, if you weren't so far shlufen, you would ask me a cash that makes totally no sense. In the first case, 
you know what? Michael's behemoth ate my fruit. And we say, I'm not responsible to pay Michael for the loss of his behemoth, that his behemoth died. Have Over here, what are we saying? My behemoth ate his fruit. And I shouldn't pay because my behemoth ate? What does that have to do with Abolish Leitachel? It's the exact opposite. Omer the Gemara. So let's go to the Gemara. So the Gemara says, Amra, what do you, it makes no sense. When the draft say, where the behemoth got damaged, the Motza Amale Mari, the Peri, the owner of the fruit, Aaron, can tell Michael, Loy Mishamayina, I don't want to pay you, because even though I came in Shaloy Bershus, but I didn't force the behemoth to eat. Obalazuke Hiachrina, that the behemoth should be able to eat Michael's fruit, and I should be able to tell Michael, you know what, it's your behemoth. The Patrul Ashlama, Miyomer. Rav, of course, never said that, so that totally makes no sense. Elo Zagdigamara, top of Nun Chesamad Aleph, Elo Loi Meboya Kamar. Rab didn't mean that. What Rab meant was Loi Meboya Achla, for sure, when my behemoth fell into Michael's property, Bainus, and my behemoth ate fruit, ate the passion fruits of Michael, avadded the Mishalmas, Mashanahenes, that of course I have to pay, even though I have to pay, I don't pay Mashahizik. My, Joey, why don't I pay Mashahizik? Because I was an Oynus. And when you're honest, you don't pay Mashezik. But I have to pay what I know I had. But if it got back, if it saved itself from banging, I would say that I don't have to pay. I have a no from that. I would say, Michael, his passion fruit cushioned my behemoth. And he, the Ebeshter would give him a big mitzvah. He did a mitzvah. But he wants money? Money, no. Michael, you did it to Shem Mitzvah. You didn't do it for the money. You did it for a mitzvah. So therefore, Aaron doesn't have to pay him even I know I had. I don't even have to pay that no I had out of it that my behemoth didn't get damaged because I tell Michael, you're right, you're fruit guy. I feel very bad. But he did a mitzvah. No, he has to pay. Amen. I would think, Ema, hi, Bal, I could tell to Michael, hi, Bala Soda, this owner of the field, Michael, he chased away a lion. What's the case of Mavriachari? And this is the sugya we're going to be busy with for the next five minutes. And then we'll move on to the next. We're going to learn five minutes at Taisis. Mavriachari is a sugya. I see a lion going to Michael's field. And it's going to eat up his fruit or it's going to eat up his sheep. Sheep, I go and I chase the lion away. And then I go to Michael and I say, Michael, you know, my time's worth money. I chase the lion away. Give me a hundred bucks for my time. Michael says, you very nice. You did a nice mitzvah. You chased away the lion. But ich get that a fact. Because the Rabbi Shalom is going to give you mitzvah. You did a mitzvah. And that is the halacha. Michael does not have to pay me anything. Michael says, you chased away a lion from my field. Very nice. You did a mitzvah, but I don't owe you the money. So the Gemara says, in the same way in this case, when my behemoth fell down on Michael's field, what it eats, yes, I have to pay Michael. But the fact that Michael prevented my behemoth from getting damaged and his uh, parents got damaged, I tell Michael, you saved me, but I don't owe you any money. Michael protected my behemoth. That land did damages. Michael did a nice mitzvah. But to pay him? Zero. So Rav tells me the Chiddush, no. I have to pay Michael not only for what my behemoth eat, I have to pay him also for that knowing that my behemoth didn't get damaged. And we don't say Mavriachari. Why? Right? Why don't we say Mavriachari? Why? Oh, it's a you should have been an Amori in the Gemara. Frank the Gemara, the Eime Hochinami. Why, Taka, don't you say Mavriachari? Why does Aaron have to pay Michael? It's I always like you protect your brother-in-law. You wanna you want your brother-in-law to make something out of it. The Amo Hanami, why Taka doesn't Aaron have to pay Michael? 
Will it be Mavriach Hari? And for the Gemara Kriyansa, Mavriach Hari Minech In the case where I chased a lion away from Michael's field, I knowingly did it. I knowingly chased the lion away. So therefore, Michael could tell me afterwards, sorry, Aaron, I'm not giving you money. You did it out of your own volition. Nobody forced you. You did it. You did a mitzvah. Mashekin over here, Michael didn't know my behemoth is going to fall. I didn't ask Michael, could my behemoth fall on your field? I did it. I can't volunteer him to be a mavriachari. And therefore, in that case, I have to pay Michael. Right? Everybody clear? Inami or the Gemara says a different reason. Is a different story. When I chased away the lion from coming to Michael's field and I go to Michael and ask him for money, did I lose anything, Joey? I didn't no. lose anything. I just want to get paid. I want to make something, but I didn't lose anything. So over there, Mavriachari says not. But hi, Islip said over here, Michael had a loss. I damaged his passion fruit. So I'm going to tell Michael, do it with Shemayim, I'm it. On that, I don't say. So therefore, Gemara has two differences. One, midatoi. One was with, I did it knowingly, and the other one was not knowingly. The other one is, I did it, there was a damage or not a damage. That's the Sugev Mavriyachari. Zoktesis. The second answer was, when do I say and I don't have to pay? When the guy doesn't have a loss. Like me, when I chased away the lion, I had no loss. But if the guy had a loss, we don't say Listen to this. Where is Lucy? Oh, Lucy was, I used him as the example today. By He was live by the Dach because he was here. Mechel goes, I owe Itzi $100. Mechel goes and pays my debt to Itzi. And then Mechel comes to me and says, Aaron, pay me the $100 because I paid your debt to Itzi. And I say, Mechel, you know what? That's so nice you did that. You're at Tzadik. You know what that means, Joey? God should give you a lot of schar. But for me, you're not getting 100 bucks. Didn't ask you to do it. It's very nice you did it. You did a bit sir. So in that case, did Michael did Mechel lose a hundred bucks? Yes, there's a pseidah. Yet the aloha is, I can tell Mechel, you're out the money. I didn't ask you to do it. You did it very nice. Mavriachari. Frektosis, our Gemara says that when do I say Mavriachari when there's no loss? But if there's a loss, I don't say Mavriachari. We know that if Mechel goes and pays off my debt, he can't collect from me because I say Mavriachari, even though he lost money. And for the To be, I, I put you already on mute. So like this. To be a Mavriach, you know what the Gemara means? I need to have both negatives. I have to be that I don't know and I lose money. If either one of them are there, it's Mavriachari. In other words, either I know, for example, Mechel, yes, he lost money, but he knowingly did it. Nobody asked him to go pay the debt of Aaron. He paid the debt of Aaron. So it has Midatai. So I say Mavriachari, I don't have to pay him. Or in the other case, where I chase away Dari from Michael's field, you know what? There, I did it knowingly, but I don't have a loss. Either case is Mavriachari. You know what our problem in our Gemara is? Both were to the negative. Number one, Michael didn't know my behemoth is going to fall on his field. So it's Shaloi Medatai. And he has a Pseida and he has a loss. Since he has both those issues, therefore, you don't say Mavriachari. So as long as you have one thing, either Medatai, or there's no loss, you say Mavrechari. If it's both Shaloi Medate and there's a loss, you don't say Mavrechari. Frek Tesis. Tesis says, still not happy with that. Frek Tesis. Be'im Toimah. De'besayf ha'seichor es ha'payalim. The halacha is like this. Eshoi Merchinam. 
let's say he's given sheep. He doesn't have to buy a stick to protect the sheep. He doesn't have to take a shepherd. A shemer socher has to do all those things. But if a shemer chinem does it, is mashma from the Gemara, of course he can get paid back from the owner who gave him the stuff to watch for the expenses he did in, in taking care of the, the sheep. Frectosis, if I say, even if the guy loses money, but if he does it knowingly, then he's called a mavriya and you don't have to pay him. Why could the shemechinim be able to collect from the owners afterwards his expenses? The owner should tell him, mavriya very nice, you did a mitzvah. I, there's a hefzit, I lost money. Doesn't matter, it was midata, and Toysis just finished saying, once it's either one, either midata or no hefzit, there's a time of mavriya and you don't have to pay. And for Toysis, and Toysis is Mechadish, another thing about Mavriach Ari, and then we'll move on to the next sugya. Up to now, we said, Toysis said, there's a concept of Medate, a concept of Hefzit. The only time I can't say Mavriach Ari is if both of them are there. If either one is there, you got to pay. Now Toysis says another thing. You know when I can't collect, Michael, I can't collect from you from chasing away a lion? Loibora Hefzedah. It's not sure that Michael would lose the money. It looks like the lion's coming towards Michael Field, but it's not a sure bet that the lion's going to eat Michael's field up. So therefore, even though I have both, if I have Medater or Hefzid, one of the two things are there. Either I did it knowingly or there's no loss. Michael's off the hook. It doesn't have to pay me. But when there's Bora Hezekah, when it's sure that he will lose, and I do something, then I can, I'm entitled to get paid for it. So therefore, it's very good. Our case in the Gemara, the behemoth fell in Michael's field. There was a hefzit over there, and it was shaloi medate. So as Taisa says, I have to pay. There's no time of mavrich hari. And it's bari Clearly it happened. Taisa says, when it's loy bari then then there's no time of mavrich hari. Sorry, that's when it's loy bara But if it's bara there's never a time of mavriachari because then you're entitled to ask for them. Okay, That's the sugya of mavriachari in our in our thing. Now the Gemara asks hechenopel. The behemoth fell from my field down into in, in, in Michael's field, and we said it's a oynis, and therefore Michael can't collect the hezek. He can only connect that Noah that I had. Hey, Chenofel, how did this happen that we considered it Oynis? The animal slipped on, on, a, on water that was there, and therefore it slipped, either or other water, and therefore it's a Oynis. That the animal was walking alongside another animal, and the other animal kicked it, and it fell off the cliff, and it fell into Michael's sting, and it damaged it. The one who says that when the other behemoth pushed it off, it's called an oinus. For sure, if it slipped, that's certainly an oinus. That says it slipped. If the other animal pushed it, it's not considered an oinus. It's considered a pusha. It has to pay the damages it did, not just on Noah. Why not? The Omalay, because Michael can tell Aaron, don't tell me you did a good watch. You should have passed your animals on the path one by one, not two side by side. You should have realized if you pass the animals two side by side, one may push the other one and it may go off. And therefore, you have the problem, Ibai. There's a run in Bab Metziah. The run, first of all, the Rishonim say for Baba Kama, and what we learn, Michael, is a person's obligated to do a shmira, what's a normal thing that people do. You don't have to do an abnormal kind of shmira. You have to do, watch it, the normal shmira that people do. The run brings in Bab Metziah that the way they normally walk the behemoth was not necessarily single file. People walk their behemoths double file, triple file. You don't walk them just single file your behemoths. So therefore, Bepashtis, in our Gemara, the Gemara says, he could tell him, hey, you should have walked them one by one. What are you blaming me, you walked one by one? You asked me to make a shmir that's not normal? 
That's not the normal way. So the Igris Moshe, Moshe brings a tshuva that happened to him, a Shiloh. Somebody came to him with a Shiloh, a Moshe Feinstein, that a shaykhet who was a shaykhet of chickens, and he would he'd take the chicken out of the coop, and he'd shaykhet the chicken. While he took the chicken out of the coop to shaykhet the chicken, at the same time he opened the door, another chicken squeezed by and ran away and disappeared. The slaughterhouse tells the shaykhet, I'm deducting off your pay the second chicken that ran away. The shaykhet is, I'm an oinus. <laughs> I didn't have to expect it's going to push in and go away. So Rav Moshe brought this Gemara as the Raya. Rav Kama said, Iboyole, he should have thought he's going to push through. So you see in our Gemara, it takes away from an itis. The Gemara says he was a Pasha for it. the Gemara Baita. Um, Rav Kama, Again, my behemoth fell Boinus into Michael's field. I don't have to pay the damage the behemoth did. Only Mashanahenis. Now, my behemoth stays there a period of time, Joey, and it tramples all of Michael's passion fruit that he has over there. So how much am I potter? Very good, it fell down. But, and now I can leave the behemoth there to ruin all of Michael's runs to the field? In that row, what damages it does, I potter because the anus. If my behemoth moves from that role to another role in Michael's field, then of course, not only two ways to learn this. What's one way to learn this? One way to learn this is a time issue. Like we learn, if I spill something or it may be an oinus, but if I don't clean up, at that time I become a pshare. So look at Rashi. Rashi says, Rashi says it's a question of time. It doesn't matter this row or the other row. Even at this row, for example, if there was one very long row, could my behemoth damage Michael's entire row and I don't have to pay him? No. Rashi says, what happens instantly, the initial damage, I'm off the hook to pay Michael. But even in the same role, if my behavior continues, I says my ruga la ruga, just meant from time. But even in that damage, come the rush, and the rush says no. I disagree with Rashi. As long as the behemoth is damaging, you know those those plastic, what are they called, that have the air bubbles that kids like to jump on and break the air bubbles in it. The bubble wrap. Even adults like to break, at least I like to break it, maybe still a kid at heart. You know, to pop the bubbles. So my behemoth falls into Michael's thing, Ba'inus. And I see my behemoth having a great time. The same role. And he's jumping all over it, Michael's passion fruit, and he's loving it, right? And I say, you know what? Go for it. What do I care? I don't have to pay him because Rav Kana says, Ba'isa Ruga. Zukderosh, absolutely, I'm putter from paying Masha Hizik as long as he's in that row. He goes to another row, then I'm chayef to pay. But in that row, even if I see it, I get this. Is What is the rush? The reason you're chayef, we learned before, ubir I have to be peshea. It's as if I damaged Michael's field. So we learned before, but if I do a shmir of any type, then it's not ubir b'steacher. My behemoth, when it went into Michael's field, I was a oinus because it fell off. I was the peshea. So as long as the behemoth is on the same row, it's considered that field. And that field, I am potter because the behemoth went in, not ubir b'steacher, not with my thing. It went in ba'inus. So once it went in ba'inus, Michael, he can trample all over that row. You move to another row. Zuck the rush, that's like a different field. Now my behemoth is going to another field. And now it's already not ba'inus because I'm aware of it. Oh, now if I don't stop him, on that I'm Rabbi Yechen says, as long as it's in Michael's field and it hasn't gone out, it can pop those passion fruits all over the place. I can watch it. I can be laughing what a good time he's having. And I owe Michael zero. Only what he said is, until the behemoth will go out of Michael's field and then go back with my knowledge. At that point, I become high. 
But as long as he's there, so they learn according to the rush, very simply, because ubir b'steacher means once it went into the field, it was a oinus. The field doesn't only mean this row, according to Rabbi Yechon, it means the entire field. So as long as he's there, I'm off the hook, because he went in b'oinus, and therefore I'm off the hook. Frank the Gemara. This thing that Rabbi Yechon says, it'll go out, and return with my knowledge. It goes out with the owner's knowledge. Once I know the behemoth left Michael's property, even though it went back without my knowledge, meaning what? Joey, the behemoth left Michael's property, and now I closed it in a proper enclosure. What does proper mean? which is, I locked it into a lock, which is a common wind won't open it up. So normally, that would have been good enough. And right, and if the behemoth goes out of that, I'm potter. In this case, I'm not potter. Why? The Omer lay, because Michael tells me when the behemoth comes back a second time, and I tell Michael I'm off the hook, I close them up in a normal enclosure that could withstand the normal wind. Michael tells me, Kim the Yalfa, since he already once went to my field and he likes already popping my passion fruit, you should have known anytime he's going to get close to my field, he's going to come into my field and he's going to stomp on it. And therefore, what kind of shmir did you need? A shmir mullah, a much better shmir. A normal shmir wasn't good enough. And therefore, you're chayim. Similar to Hey, I don't understand. How could you have your animal stay in someone's property and you're going to tell me you don't have a time limit to go? I mean, it's not right. Yeah. Yeah, because it fell in behind us. Zog the Miri. So the Miri says that, you know what? I figure I don't have the right to go into Michael's property. So not exactly. You see, I colored the picture a little different. I colored, I'm sitting there, I'm having a beer, and I'm smoking a cigar, and I'm watching my shore have it and popping Michael's passion fruit, and I'm thrilled with it. So I don't think you're going to get Eilam Haba for that necessarily, right? I don't think you're going to get an extra piece of Wagyu beef in Eilam Haba for, for sitting there. The Miri says, though, I don't have to go into the field to prevent it. It's Michael's field. I don't know if he wants me coming in or not. So therefore, there's no obligation for me. What, what if okay. I'm the owner of the field now? I have a shotgun. I shoot the animal from a distance because... You're talking I, like I, an American again, Joey. Yeah, I'm, I'm busy yeah, with his shotgun. Wait, would I be Chayav? Uh, what, what do you mean? The, the behemoth over there? On the hook for killing the animal. We had already. A behemoth comes in, and you damn... Okay, don't know. You, you're not supposed to be mazakim intentionally, right? We had that. You shouldn't be mazakim. You can prevent him from eating. But the only way you can prevent... Okay. Let's talk over here. What is the reason... You, you should have said, Joey, that you shot the owner. That makes more sense. <laughs> uh, uh, then he would have been a. Then he would have been from the Midwest or the South, right? Then Texas. Yeah, and it's like the same reason as Shormir that he he has to do a Shmir Ma'al Yosef. Same idea, right? Even though Shmur, Shormir does not need a Shmir Ma'al we look. I mean, it depends. Rameir and Rabbi we had the Machlokes. The interesting thing over here is why is this Shor more prone to attack Michael's field again? Two ways to learn it, and they're showing him learn two different ways. One way is the whole idea with a normal shmir, why is that good enough? So the idea of a normal shmir is good enough. They say it's because, listen, probably the behemoth won't broke up, break out because it has a normal shmir. Yes, it could break out, but even if it breaks out, it probably won't go eat in anybody's field or damage a field because it's shy. It's a stranger. It doesn't know the field. It's not going to go in. In our case... Since this behemoth has already been in Michael's field, it has a degree of familiarity, so Shmir Karoi is not good enough. That's one way to learn it. The other way to learn it is, no, this behemoth is so turned on by Michael's passion fruit that he's going to break through the fence 
not the Shmira Karoi, it's not that if he gets out, he's not going to be shy to go there. No, he's going to break through the fence because he wants to get at Michael's passion fruit. That's a different way. As I learned the Chaznish. And the Chayrit, the Loshna Gemara is not like that. Because you remember, we learned when a Shara leave an animal in the sun, then a Shmir Karoi is not good enough. Why? Because the animal will do anything it can to get out of the sun. The Gemara doesn't say that same Loshna over here. The Gemara says over here, if it ends up walking next to Michael's field, it's going to go into Michael's field because it has a familiarity. It's mashma like the first shot. In truth, the Shmir Karoi is the same. The Shur is not going to run out. But usually, Shmir Karoi, we're saying, even if he gets out, he probably won't go into the field. In this case, no. Once he gets out and he's walking, Love he you. sees Michael's field, he is sure is going into the field. Okay. Michael, you didn't know you're so popular. Uh, we learn all this is that my field, between my field and Michael's field, I made sure I had a good gate that the sure can't walk down the path into Michael's field. But if I didn't have a good gate and the animal was able to just walk down, that's not an anus. Falling down an animal's anus. You're the kedarke. So the Mishnah said, then of course, if the animal goes and damages Michael Field, I have to pay Mashezika, the damages it called. So Rabbi Yirmiya asked, but what happens? You're the Kedarka. It went down the normal way. But the Zika the the way it damaged Michael's property was not by walking around and eating and stomping on it, the normal thing. It gave birth over there. It, it broke water. And the water that it broke, it caused the damage to Michael's thing. On that aspect of it, I'm honest. I don't have to expect that should happen. So the question is like this. My shmira was the shmira pchusa because I should have, I, I didn't put a, a gate and, and it was not a, less than a shmira pchusa. It wasn't shmira properly. I was a pashaya. But ultimately the damage happened how? Ba'inus, unexpectedly. So are you chayev or not? Barab yirmi, yor de kedake vizikib mele de mao. And the Gemara says simply, according to of course, we had that case. Even even if but since you're automatically Why is this an oinus when, when a cow is giving birth? You know that she's kind of give birth. And, uh, oh, that's very not good. Anus. The Gemara will say your thing. Very good, Michael. Key to Bayolach, where's the Shaila? I'll leave it the Mandomer Tchilosib of Shia Vesefer Bainis Potter. According to that person, my, me Omrinan, do we say, Kim Tchilosib of Shia? Since the beginning of his actions was Shia. Why, Joe? Because he didn't put a fence to allow his animal not to walk down even. Vesefer Bainis, but ultimately it ended up the damage happened by Inis. He's Potter or Dilma. I say, like Michael said, Oche, Kulub It's not Sefer Bainis. Why? The Kivn the Kachosa the Krave Lamele. He sees the animals pregnant. He boyle He's got to watch it. And to go watch along with it. And therefore, maybe not. Take the Gemara says, Take Eliyahu Novi will pass. Okay. The Mishnah, now we go to the second part of the Mishnah we have. And over here, this is for business people, very important. It's beautiful, the Gemara, how the Gemara goes with the business people. The Mishnah said, okay, I damaged in Michael one row of passion fruit. How do we evaluate how much I have to pay Michael? Two ways, more than two ways. We're going to learn a bunch of ways. But the simple way would be, how much is the passion fruit I damaged worth if I'd sell it in the store? But that is quite expensive. Rather, the Mishnah said, we don't evaluate it that way. What we do is we evaluate it upon the land. How much would this land have been sold for if somebody was buying the land with the fruit on it for this little piece? And how much would he pay for the land if this little piece is missing? Joey, which one do you think is a bigger damage? It should be, if he's a wholesaler, he's got to, you know, in, in the business law, it's landed duty paid. You're liable for the I landed love you, duty paid for it. I love you. <laughs> I mean, that's how it works. Joey, you're not, so we're going to go to, we're going to come to that, we're going to talk it out, maybe only tomorrow. But let, let's talk about that. For, I, you own, Michael owns land. 
he owns an acre of land. On his acre of land, he has a bunch of all full of passion fruit. My behemoth falls, it damages one-tenth of his acre of, of property. How do we evaluate that damage? Do we say the fruit, had he taken it to the market, how much he could have gotten for it, that's what I damaged him? Or do we say no, his land, if he would have wanted to sell his 10 acres of land, his one acre of land, he would have gotten $1,000 for it if it's full of passion fruit. Now, because it's missing a few passion fruit, how much is he going to get? He's still going to get 1000 bucks. Maybe I'll get $9.99. His loss is going to be very little when I put it on top of the land. What, so our mission is said, you evaluate it on top of the land. How do I know that I don't evaluate it on its own, which is a much higher damage that just look how much the value of Paris is. Why are you caring about the land on top of it? Because the Pesach says by Shen Beregel, Ubir Achar, and it damaged in another field. What does it talk about? Achar in another field? It teaches you that when you evaluate, you don't evaluate the damage its own, you evaluate it on another field. First of all, I need this Pesach for something else. We learned already. We know Shen Beregel, Joey, you're not Chayi B'Rishus only B'Rishus Nizik. Where do we learn it out for? Because the Pesach says, Ubir B'Stay Achar in somebody's field and not B'Rishus So how do I learn out the second thing? It should just say, and you destroy in your friend's field. Inami, or it should say, stay acher. My bestay acher, to teach you shishomen al gabi stay acher. I don't evaluate the damage of the fruit itself. I damage the, evaluate the fruit on top of the kake. Frankly, if that's the way you learn, maybe maybe the entire person comes to tell me just what it's he, that you're that when you evaluate damages it's on top of another field if so if i need the pasuk for that how do i know that you're not the only way we learn that your potter is from the pasuk now i'm saying i use the beer to tell me i evaluate on top of property so I can learn both. If it only meant how the payment happens, the Pusuk starts off and says, and I damaged in another field. And then the Pusuk says, Metiv Sodeo, Metiv Krama Yashal. I have to pay the best of the field. So if we're only talking about how the payment is evaluated, where should have it said, Bisteacher? It should have said, Lagabit Tashlumim. Havale in Kane, Lichtibrach, Monagabit Tashlum. It should have said, Metiv Sodeo, Metiv Krama Yashalim. Bisteacher. Why does it say at the beginning of the Pesach that's talking about when you're doing the damage? Therefore, I could learn both halachas out of the Pesach. First of all, that Shen Beregel is only in a private property or should, or shall shoot him. And number two, that you don't evaluate the fruit on its own. You evaluate it on top. How do you evaluate it? Exactly what does this mean? The Mishnah mentioned a base saw. I evaluated on a base saw. What's the size of a base saw, Itzi? A base saw is 50 amas by 50 amas, 2,500 square amas. Not bad. Sounds like a reasonable feel. So I don't understand. What does that have to do? I, you ate five fruit. Say five fruit on a field. What's the idea of a base saw? What does it mean the Mishnah brings in and mixes in a measurement of 50 by 50 a base saw? Now, also to tell you, the difference of base and no base is a saw or a base saw. A base saw, typically when that's used, is the land that's required to grow a saw of tour. You get it? A base saw is the land that's required. It is 50 by 50, but it's a measurement, a base saw of how much it takes. So the it says, what does it mean? We measure one saw on 60 saw. You need the you had a coffee? You need a coffee for this Rashi. It's such a beautiful Rashi, and I really want you to be with me on this Rashi. Look at the Rashi. Saw b'shishim saw. High base saw diktona masnisen. The Mishnah mentioned only a base saw. The Bishvil Aruga Achas, because I damaged only one row, 
Shomen Beisau, we evaluate as if it's a Beisau, which is a much bigger area. La We don't evaluate it just on a field that is only a Beisau. Why? The Machishin Leila Mazik. We would make the mazik, the dam, we would make Aaron pay too much to Michael. Sorry, we would make Michael lose the, uh, uh, sorry, they would make me, the mazik, lose too much. Why? Because a property that is the size of a base soul, look at the beauty, the Gemara, the economics, macroeconomics. Lefisha base soul, nimkeres biyoker. It's like you have an 80 square meter apartment in Jerusalem. You can sell it very at a very high price per square meter. Why? It's small. The supply of those kind of apartments are very little. And a poor person can't afford a big apartment is going to buy that field at more than its value. Why? Because it's not often he can buy a small field. So per square foot or per saw, he's going to pay more. And so therefore the damage that happened when I moved away one aruga on a field which is expensive, if the field is worth, let's say, $1,000, Per, per thing. Now, one aruga gets damaged. It's a lot. And therefore, Rashi says, the Mishnah means it's a double evaluation. When we take a field, his field, had it been 60 so big, 60 so is a big field. That's 60 times 200. That's 15,000 square amas. I take a field that's 15,000 square amas. I evaluate how much that would be. Listen, and that is already not such a high price because that there's a lot of it in the market. And that look at Rashi. And then I divide the 60, they saw that field by 60 to arrive at a field of 60. And then the Chaser the Shama. How much it got diminished in value because of my damage of this. Listen to this. I damaged Michael's only one row. We say if Michael's field was 60 so big, how much would he sell that field for? $600,000. Now we say, okay, how much is each saw worth based on that? One sixty at ten thousand dollars. Now I say, how much is that field of ten thousand dollars worth less because these Paris got damaged? So Taisa said, Rashi says, hey, why do you do the two step? Make it very simple. You're starting with the value of a sixty saw. Let's say how much this aruga would be against this saw. I had a field of six hundred thousand dollars, and I lost this, and I damaged this small aruga. So Rashi bin Taimer, if you ask, Loma Husker Beisau, Shema Yashaman Metchila Aruga Beshishim saw, if I would just evaluate how much a field had Michael's field been 60 saw, how much would the loss of this one Aruga be? Pay almost nothing. Why? Because a loss of one little thing in 60 saw is nothing. But in one saw, it's something. But so again, Rashi says there's two ways. If I would just evaluate it based on a field of one saw, it would be too expensive because a one saw field is in high demand because there's not many small fields that size. So first we say, no, we're going to evaluate this as if it was in a field that was 60 saw. That's a cheaper per saw valuation. Now we arrive at a per saw valuation, and now we take the per saw measurement against this aruga one-to-one. -one. Toysis asks on Rashi, the Mishnah never says a double measurement. This sounds like a double measurement. Mishnah says one measurement. Rashi is saying a double measurement. But we will learn like Rashi, complicated enough. So the Gemara, uh, so the Gemara says, uh, so the same cheshman, 
But Rabbiane says, Tarkiv b'shishim takravim. A Tarkiv is the measurement of a half a saw. So instead of measuring saw in a 60 saw, you take a half a saw, which is a Tarkiv in 60 Tarkavim. The ratio, Michael, remains the same. So you're going to say, what's the difference? The difference is, though, in absolute. There's two things that matter. And this is uh, economics. There's one thing that matters, the ratio. One out of 10 is the same out of 10 as out of 100, is the same as 100 out of 1,000, and the same as 1,000 out of, out of 10,000, and so on. But there is a difference. For example, Michael, 10 pennies out of a, out of a dime, out of, out of $10, and you counted $10, and I gave you dimes. Are you going to count it again if you're off by a dime? Joey, are you going to count it again? No. 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 It's only a dime. What about it's a thousand dollars and a million dollars? Are you going to count it again? Penny. Every penny. Why? Even though it's the same ratio, because in absolute terms, a dime is 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 in nothing, and a and a thousand dollars even against a million dollars is something. Whereas a dime even against a hundred dollars, meh, it's nothing. So there's a difference in so besaw or chotzi tarkev against the shloishim tarkev. Come the third shita. This is a wrong concept. It's a wrong concept because for some people a dime is nothing, and for some people a dime is life and death. Can't yeah, say that. I it's hear. a concept of what you're looking at. I, I, I hear, but uh, let's let's take a wealthy man. A dime on on a hundred dollars. A dime on a hundred dollars. He's not. I guarantee you. You give him dimes. He's not counting that dime for the hundred dollars. It's a million dollars, and it's thousand dollars. He is counting again that money. Every penny. That's why he's a rich man. But I don't understand the whole concept. They had. They were farmers. They knew how much potatoes were. They knew how much onions were. They knew how much... Uh, That's uh, the uh, point. The Mishnah says you don't count it as the fruit. You don't why? count it for potatoes because, you know what? They're not fruit. What are they? What did I damage by Michael? Did I damage fruit? I damaged fruit that are on the, the karka. So I really damaged his property. I didn't damage his fruit. We're going to talk tomorrow. We're going to enter. Remind me about this kasha tomorrow, Joey, when we're with the whole crowd, because uh, it, remind me of the kasha. Okay. Zot Rav Yanai, says a third shit. Klach b'shishim klachem. No, you don't go a ratio of saw b'shishim saw or tarke b'shishim. No, it makes no sense. Whatever the damage is, you do it the ratio to 60 times that. If I damage that Michael one square meter of 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 passion fruit you compare it to 60 times that that's all you don't compare it to a saw because maybe a saw is a thousand times depends how much i damage it's always a ratio of 60. and we'll learn just the two three lines and then we're off because that's where i stop it says he ate a cup a cup is a sixth of a saw or two kavit, a third of a saw. We don't say tishal mayim. You should pay how much you would sell it in the market. We look at it on top of the karka. It's a small row. And you measure it how much it would be with the fruit and without the fruit. My love, don't you think it doesn't go like none of the other three tanom? Because the other three tanom, what did they say? Yitzhi? Either I measure it based on a saw to a, to a 60 saw, or I measure it takrif to takrif, or at least I measure it 60 to 1. But there it says, yes, I measure it on the karka, but I only measure it against karka as it is. Over there, it means you measure on the karka, not just on the karka. You measure it on 60 times that. So the Rajba says, like Cheskyo, you measure it times 60. The other Shainim say, no, it could be according to the other Mandarins also. It means each one, market is like market is like each one, at, uh, sorry, and Rashi says that. Each one as he learns it. Um, okay. We're going to stop over here. Um, no, sorry. We're going to learn this one ton rabbana. Ton rabbana. In shomim kav, we don't evaluate a kav 
you would make it value too much, meaning uh, uh, you don't measure. A kav, again, is a sixth of a saw. So let's say I want to measure a, a behemoth eight, and I want to measure it eight a kav. I'm going to measure it against 60 kav. I don't do that because then I'm giving me the, the mazik too much uh, benefit. So Rashi, why? The shishin kavim lem einle mecher. 60 kav is 10 saw. There's no good price. Why? This is in no man's land. 60 kav, 10 saw, is too big of a field for Oni to buy. And it's too little for a normal person, a middle class person to buy. And Rashi says the second thing, in absolute term, the devaluation of losing one kav in 60 kav is minuscule, and so therefore you're, you're profiting the mazik. So that we don't say. The second part, and we're going to finish with this, the loish kor b'shishim perm. A kor is a big measurement. 30 saw, we don't evaluate it 30 saw in a measurement of shishim perm in 1800 saw. Why? In that case, you're going to make the mazik lose a lot. Why? Listen to the end of the economic lesson today, of the Gemara, not mine. We don't evaluate it on a field of 60. You would want to think we should evaluate it on a field of 60. Why? Look at Rashi. A person who is blessed with a lot of property. He wants to buy the penthouse apartment. Or he wants to go to Montana. They just came on the market. A thousand acres that are contiguous acres. Never comes on the market that time thing. When it comes on the market, he's ready to pay a huge premium for it because that doesn't come out often. And therefore, we don't want to hurt Aaron and evaluate on that way. Because if we evaluate on that way, the part that I damage is going to be a huge evaluation. And number two, it's like a thousand dollars. And therefore, it's very substantive. It's full value. Each saw, how much did my behemoth damage by Michael? 30 saw. But we don't look at it as a field of 60 times 30. We look at it if it was damaged in a field of a saw, of 60 saw. How much would 60 saw be? Then we translate it to a saw and we break each one of the 30 as a karachas within that uh, saw of each one. So the the, the economics of the Gemara that the Gemara taught us today was that in the economy of apartments for sale and property for sale, there are sweet spots in the market that, high, that garner a higher price. Small apartments or small fields that are within strike of people who don't have uh, a, a, a lot of money. There are few of those apartments and therefore they command a higher price. Unique properties that are really big or really special command a premium price. The normal prices, stuff that's in the middle class uh, range, there's the supply and demand ratio there is, is relatively normal, stable, and we're shaman in that stage. And that, that, that's the stage we're shaman. And therefore we do shishim saw against the saw. Everybody have a shua.